shit, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing out there? This is Intergalactic Interviews, and this is episode 110. Yes, sir. How you doing up there, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, you having a good day, a good week? I am currently recording this episode uh, without our usual crew. We're here at my brother Jordan's house. We're in Kenora, Ontario. And uh, I uh, flew back home secretly to surprise uh, my parents and family um, because my, young, my younger brother just had his first baby. And so we came out here to do that thing. So we sneakily, secretly, secretly, actually sneakily is an word, samurai style. And uh, and then I was like, oh wait, how are we gonna do a podcast? And Jordan was like, let's just set up an away game. So now we're just doing this uh, this away game here at at uh, his home. He set up a little thing here, but so no video this week. Sorry guys, but uh, we will be doing this. Uh, Kind of like a more of a live organic format than we're used to. Um, so first, I just got to say uh, thanks to everyone who's been listening lately, watching. Um, really appreciate all the views and likes that you guys are handing out for us. Um, it's really something else to see how much the show has grown in such a short period of time. But uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we love you for for just giving us the time of day. Now, usually that's where I'd put a sponsor, but. Uh, I guess I'll just go ahead and I'll I'll let I'll let uh I'll let you guys know that today my guest is my uh, my brother Jordan. If you've never heard of him, he's uh, currently the uh, vocalist. He also plays guitar uh, within uh, the band North Shore, and uh, he is uh, I don't know he's one of the most phenomenal songwriters I've ever met in my life, and I happen to be related to him. It's an honor and a pleasure. Welcome to the show, Jordan McDonald. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, dude, I've been drinking a lot since i got home <laughs> yeah uh well we did we did something uh special last night yeah yeah jordan had me out to a whiskey tasting it was pr- pretty elite like a stone cutters meeting i had to get like uh like uh vouched in <laughs> yeah well we, we it, i i can't even believe we're talking about this in a public uh, yeah actually i shouldn't even talk about well, it. well it's okay because <laughs> uh, i'm sure the executive's fine with it but we uh we have a group called the gentleman's liquor club and it's basically like gentleman's liquor club yeah glc GLC. And so basically, because uh, all the girlfriends and wives go to wine club. And so to. So it's like a split gender thing. You guys each do your own thing? Is that how, is that how it works? Yeah, I had a good time last night, man. I, I tried about like five or seven different types of whiskey. Well, uh, there was whiskey. Like, there were seven or eight of us. So we, there was yeah. definitely seven. What's or eight this uh, scotch we're drinking right now? This is scotch, right? Like, what is this? It's Bowmore. It's an island. Is it Bowmore? Was it Bowmore Islay or something? I believe it's pronounced Islay. Islay. Because it's kind of like island, right? So Islay. Islay doesn't sound right. Holy shit. How have we not talked about this yet? Tell these fine people why you even have this bottle of scotch. Like well, what happened? <laughs> well, no, no. Like, well, I, No, I actually, start with why you can easily just splurge on this stuff. Well, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just, got, just got back from uh, a trip to the UK and, uh, yeah. and, and went to Scotland and, and actually... I, I, I've, I've liked scotch in the past, but I didn't know much. Like I, I was one of those things where people were like, do you like drinking scotch? I'm like, yeah, but I don't know much about it. And so I did a whiskey tour in uh, in Scotland, actually in Edinburgh. So you were no. in Scotland, what, last week? Yeah, actually just got back uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember. And then uh, while you were there, what happened? Are you are you trying to get like the... Well, no, just tell, well, tell us the tour real quick. Like you have this Bowmore, whatever you got recommended, right? Well, actually, uh, uh, I actually it's tried on too. the whiskey tour. I tried a Speyside, which is a bit of more of like a fruity scotch, and this is this has actually got more of a smoky flavor. There's like five regions in Scotland for 
four, uh, yeah, but right? Five different types of scotch. I only remember four regions, and I know there's the blended as well. There's Highlands, Lowlands, uh, Speyside, and Islay. Islay. Now, someone's going to listen to this and be like, it's actually pronounced Islay. But I don't, I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah, we talked about it last night. We're like, like, and this is actually like a drinking club, and we still couldn't come to consensus. So uh, that was pretty cool, though. Um, let me ask you this, though. So, you know, scotch can be pretty pricey. Why do you feel just compelled to be able to throw down some money? What happened? No, I feel like, like okay, I got to tell you, that, like, so we were flying back from the UK. So you're on the plane. We're on the plane. And I'm not, I don't want to talk about what, what carrier, if that's okay. That's fine. Don't, don't I just don't want to. don't have to say the name. People can Google I shit. I mean, you can Go Google ahead. it and yeah. there's, there's plenty of news. It doesn't matter. Goes. Yeah. It doesn't matter who, who it was, but, uh, you're on the plane, you're, on, the, you're on this overseas flight back. And then what happened? Just walk me through well, step let, by let step. Let me just, let me just preface this with step uh, by goddamn step. Do it. Okay. So I, I'm going to take a page from your book and tell a way too long story. Fuck your <laughs> entire life. I'm going to that background story after this. So it's called context context. And I, we're, we're going to hold on. Pause the game. Listeners. If you're listening to me. Yes, I tell extensive stories, very full length. But you know what? You never walk away saying, hmm, I wonder what happened on this part. Nope, because I tell you everything. I don't, yeah, sorry. I don't think too long is right. I just, I, I think you have a lot of detail. Yes, excessive detail. But I'd rather be that guy than be like, yeah, this happened and then, uh, you know, bada bing. So what happened is, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to like a year ago. Maybe a year and a half ago. That's a long time. I know before <laughs> this trip, and it's just, just just there's two quick details you need to know. Okay, is uh I for for my job I had to like my job that's not music, I had to fly up north to a uh, remote First Nation community. Okay, and I had to fly on a very small airline, and so when I was flying back, we were coming into one of the because it's like it's like the milk run, so you basically stop at five different wait, communities. Wait. Milk run? What are, you, what are you talking about? You've never heard something called the milk run? Well, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners have never heard something called okay, the milk Okay, so run. like when you're on the bus and the bus has to stop, like you're on the Greyhound bus, mm-hmm. and it has to stop at every community on the way home to where you're going, that's called the milk run. This is a pretty unique... You've never heard that before? No, and not only that, but... I would like you to add that to your... I almost vocabulary. think like the majority... 99% of people listening have never heard of that. Well, so the milk run? Okay, so it's like So a, there's a lot of stops on right, the way. Yeah. So basically so <laughs> when when you're thinking like, "Hey, I'm going to get a direct flight." This would be the exact polar opposite is what I'm trying to say. So uh, like a multi-stop over flight. Yeah, and so this is a small airplane. Okay. Um it's a uh like let's say a 12 seater. A 12 seater. Okay. And it's the kind of plane where like nowadays you get on a plane and there's a, like, I don't know if you've noticed, for the pilot to leave a modern jetliner to go to the bathroom, they need to like press codes and then one of the uh, flight attendants has to go in the cockpit. It's not like this on these small planes. It's, a, it's the cockpit's open and the first officer is the flight attendant. Like it's, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of crossover. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, just, I'm trying to put context of like what kind of plane this was. Okay. And so I, I've never been a bad flight. Like I kind of like flying. But then I had an experience on this flight where we were flying in, we were landing but somewhere. When you say this flight, you mean the one that happened a year and a half ago? Yes. Okay. So uh, we were landing in Cat Lake, Ontario, which is, if no one knows where that is. But okay. It's, it's in the so middle like of So like a nowhere. small remote yeah. place. And yeah. so what was happening is it was raining, it was crazy, and uh, and I'm in the back of the plane, which I don't know if you remember riding on the back of a bus Yeah. growing up. Of course. I didn't realize this. I didn't put them together until I did it, but... When you're in the back of a small plane, it's kind of a very similar feeling. You get, <laughs> you get bounced around a lot. And so we actually lost a good deal of altitude like suddenly. 
and like my your heart, stomach drops yeah. right yeah when my heart went in my throat i was like this is it <laughs> that's how you die right yeah and so wow I, that's crazy man but and then i, was I didn't fine. know you went through that like a year and a half ago that's... yeah so it, i was fine um and then sam and i went down and saw the uh couple montreal canadians you're a lady yeah uh in march or april so you're in montreal and, and i was like white knuckling the white knuckle the and armrest. i couldn't figure out why i was scared of flying all of a sudden yeah and so then uh came back and i was like i put it together i was like it's like the last time i flew was this flight up north and the plane came down really fast and scared the crap out of me and i was like okay so that's why i'm scared of flying and then so sam for my birthday because when i get a fear of something i have to research it extensively <laughs> that's called neuro- neurotic tendencies well, right yeah there. Like, <laughs> Like, or like, and not even when I get a fear of something, but when I when I have a, a slight interest in something, yeah, I go a little overboard. Like I had a little thing with Everest for a while. I I wanted to know everything about Mount. Yeah, Everest. you you've like strangely been fascinated with aviation, and I just found out about this. Like, but a couple months ago, you were like all of a sudden like, hey, I flew a plane for like half an hour. And I was well, that's like, that's basically what I'm getting to. Is yeah. So, I, I got really into to reading about flying and and all the which is I, crazy to me because like. Like I respect aviation as just as like a science, and I, I respect it as like a like a, a career path. Like I think pilots are amazing, but like when it comes to like, do you want to fly? I'm like, God no, I want nothing to do with it. Like so, I don't want nothing to, at all. This was actually this. So Sam got me for my birthday a what do they call a discovery flight, and so you pay about ninety five dollars, and then you can go to a flying school, and they take you up in the air. And they let you control the plane, and they're like, "Okay, we're gonna take." Is it like those young driver cars where they each have a driving, like a steering wheel? In the f- well, every generally aviation plane has both. Oh, yeah. Actually, most <laughs> airplanes have both. <laughs> the most ignorant comment I just said. I'm like, "Oh, you know, do they have two steering wheels?" Actually, most aviation aircraft have two steering well, wheels. Well, no, here's, Jamie. here's look, and that's, that's actually a really good thing. It's it's redundancy, right? So it's built in. Uh, yeah, I hear you. I know, I know so it's yeah. if something goes wrong on one side, it's. You have the other side. Yeah. We just watched the Habs. Sorry, just the intercut. We just watched the Habs, <laughs> Habs beat the Bruins, destroy them. They couldn't even convert on a six on three at the end there. Fuck you guys. And uh, then we just watched uh, Toronto lose in over, uh, overtime. I don't think Toronto's won in regulation yet this season. No, this had is had the 2016 season. So. They've had a lot of overtime. Yeah. Is that Jordan Tutu playing for Chicago? What? I don't know. So, right. okay. So, Anyways, uh, so, go ahead. So, so you, they take so you up and, and you fly the plane, and it was. It was really quite. I had like panic dreams before I did it because yeah yeah uh, we're listening to the dog play with her. She's <laughs> yeah. fine. It's, it's sorry fine. all these interruptions. It's an away game. We're just it's like an away, we're, we're making playing it, it Fuck it, we're making it happen. Yeah, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. Go ahead, go. Ahead. Lucy, can't choose play. every single thing. Your dog can play with his toys. I don't. Lucy, care. come here. Here, give me that toy, you little fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Whoops. Drinking well, scotch, throwing things. I broke something. Right. Um, go ahead, killer. So yeah, you take the plane up and. Uh, and they let you like turn it around in this discovery flight right like discovery the way, yeah, flight. okay yeah and so we land and i like before we did it i was super panicked about it because like f- flying was already a little uncomfortable because my experience that i had and then i took the plane up and then it was kind of built up my confidence that it's not this dark art like planes want to fly that's one thing that's one thing i've learned is that planes don't like the if the engine cuts out planes don't just drop out of the sky which is a really good thing that, you, that's crazy I, I didn't know i, I would imagine because it's like steel like it would just you know gravity would take effect and well, pull you right down are you Is that familiar not the with case? how gliders work so they, they like t- 
they tow a glider up in the air, right? So the, right, like yeah. A, like a, they'll take a smaller plane and they'll. And you're not talking like hang gliders. You mean like the actual like glider like engineless planes? Engine, yeah. Right. So okay. Uh, and that's that's really cool if you look up YouTube videos of glider pilots. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, basically, airplanes want to be gliders, right? They're they're built they're built to fly without any engine power. So you, you're it's built on airspeed. So it's a really comforting feeling to be up there and be like, you know, even if the engine cut out right now. There's all kinds of fields everywhere we could land. Like it's obviously not an ideal situation, but it kind of builds up your confidence that if if you're flying with someone who's been flying forever, and especially a commercial pilot, talking about someone who's flown for twenty five hundred, thirty right. three three thousand hours, like they know what they're doing, right? Some of them are ten thousand, twenty thousand hours. They've been in situations before where they've actually had to be in this emergency situation where they have to land. Which brings us to this past week. Okay. So what, I, so you're over and doing this like scotch tour in Scotland well, and yeah. then you come over and then what, like you're leaving and what happened? <laughs> Tell me the play by play. What happened? So I, I guess basically all that forward was to put you in a position where you're like, okay, so Jordan's over his fear of flying. Like that's, I'm over. Right. That's a lot of context to show like you got scared, but then you, you got over it and now you're actually like proficient, you know, terms. Well, and I, you're like I, good at it. I've actually, because I meet other people who have had this uh, this fear of flying, mm-hmm. and I just I tell them all the time, like you know, if it's something that you are interested in solving, I'd highly recommend going down that road. It's <laughs> so and it's liberating because you get, you get out of the plane that you flew, and you're like, yeah, I'm awesome. So, anyways, in the in the UK, and we we take off, uh, and we're about three hours in the air, and you know when you get the feeling that something's not right. Of course. So, especially in aircraft, I'm very sensitive to that stuff too. Well, I, d- I just like I'm very sensitive to like if the altitude changes, I just know, or if there's turns being made, I'm like I start like, I'm I'm a backseat driver. I'm like, oh, why are you doing that? Like just on regular ve- in regular vehicles, you're a backseat driver. No, like just when I'm a pilot, or not a pilot. <laughs> just, no, no, when, no. just when you're riding as a commercial passenger. Commercial passenger. <laughs> And I'm, let's be clear, I'm not a pilot. Your experience is unique to you because I'm just like, I don't give a damn. Like, okay, well, I'm so, trying to watch Fight Club, you know? Like, but I just, I <laughs> I think logically. And so we're flying across the Atlantic. It's about an eight hour flight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, I'm watching because they have the wet, they have an app. Okay. <laughs> they have an app that you're basically watching what's happening. And all of a sudden, we went down like 10,000 feet, like, pretty suddenly. And I was like, like a 10,000 foot drop in altitude is significant. But like not like not like the plane just dropped ten thousand feet. Like like it was a plan. You like descended. They descended yeah. ten thousand feet. So. Right. So you but, know because you you know all this stuff. You're like that's weird. Well, because I like I don't know because of because like you're ev- crossing the Atlantic, right? Like you shouldn't like it's an arc usually, right? Like you don't usually descend. Well, I mean, I was, I was thinking like reasons. I was like, I was like, well, maybe they like there was a conflict, so they're like, can we change? Or maybe there's a storm they're trying to go around. There's all kinds like of like a flight path and, thing or something, right? Okay. But I was like, but oh, then what happened? I, I just I like you know like you get a little feeling like a little like there's something wrong. But I was like, I wonder if this is going to happen that we're going to have to land somewhere else because there's been context from this summer where this company has had to land okay otherwise yeah. uh, because of problems with their planes okay and so we're flying and then about 45 minutes later captain comes on and's like hey uh and do you know how they, they always do the uh yeah uh, this is your captain speaking uh we're looking at uh, the atlantic ocean on the right window yeah and i just don't understand why they don't have better microphones like that 
I think it's just because they're flying a plane. Like they have a lot of stuff on their mind. I rather I don't care about their delivery. Well, mostly. It, uh, I'll I'll tell you why the delivery mattered in a second. But so he says, <laughs> there's there's a problem with our plane. Uh, there's a malfunction with some of the equipment, and so uh, it's the, uh, he's like, I want to be clear. This is not an emergency, but we would feel better and and it would be safer if we got the plane on the ground. So and like word for it, he's like, so we're gonna have to land in. Uh, like he doesn't know how to say it. Sondrastrom. <laughs> Sondrastrom. Greenland. Greenland. So you're just like, obviously being diverted off course. You're like, what the fuck, Actually, right? Just talking about this right now, my like blood pressure goes up. Right. Because I, I remember this feeling. Where okay. Because like, like, what's happening right now in the cabin? Like, it's like the like you've dropped ten thousand feet. Are people like visibly panicked? No. So no one, no one else noticed. Jeez. No one else noticed that the altitude. I noticed because, and all of a sudden we're flying along the course. There's one other thing I noticed is that we made a right turn. So if you think logically, we're going across the Atlantic. If you make a right turn, right, you're going north now. Oh, I see. So you're like not even going the correct. Well, like what? And this is before the announcement. So you're like, like there's. I'm trying to think of like what logical reason would we have to start turning north? Like if we're going from London to Toronto, it doesn't well, make sense. I. I don't know much about aviation, but I do know that there is some weird flight plans. Like, like when you go from the UK to Australia, it's actually easier to go over the polar caps or something like that. I don't know. It's like well, a weird thing. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So, that's what right. like, so, so you, you realize you see these off. you see these flight plans that are arcs. It's because the Earth is round. Right? <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I, 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 Despite some... Wiz Khalifa's best intentions on Twitter, I realize that yes. Oh man, I don't even want to get started about Wiz Khalifa. Was it Wiz Khalifa? I don't know. Wasn't it? No. Yeah, he did say something about the flat earth. I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson like served him and was like, actually, <laughs> I can prove it to you. And so we, we, we made this north turn after yeah. this descent. And so I, I, like, I just knew. I just knew there was something wrong. And so we're flying. This is before the announcement. We're flying along the cliffs, like the, the coastal region of Greenland. Which is like, you know, pretty treacherous. Like, for, Well, it, it looks yeah. treacherous, but it's also... <laughs> beautiful and there's and there's this and this is before the announcement and there's like this there's like ice right obviously the the ocean is frozen there but yes there's no snow on the ice at is, all no um so so then what, what does that mean though so like um like you're thinking like where are we kind of like well no i was actually thinking like it, before this announcement I, I just like i thought there was a problem and so i was like well, maybe we have to land on the ice Holy shit. So like at one point you're like, it's not an emergency. That's what the pilot said. But now you're like, no, this is before the announcement. I was thinking. Oh, before the, okay. okay. Sorry. If we're going like, this is very, uh, what do we call it? Like, it's you're fucking Tarantino in this whole story. Yeah. We're like slicing it right up. Okay. So, okay. So what happens now? You're like, you're going in. They tell you, you have to land in this. So I'm like, I'm taking place. pictures. This is before the announcement. I'm taking pictures of Greenland from the window. And I'm like, this is a beautiful sight. Yeah. I was like, I don't think I'll ever see Greenland, but this is like, this is stunning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then so <laughs> not realizing <laughs> the fucking danger you're in. <laughs> that would be you. Just like like, oh, this is an amazing opportunity. Man, I'm like when would I come to Greenland? Yeah. You're like, dude, it's the worst situation. <laughs> so yeah, we, they make the announcement. And I think the worst part about the announcement is like after he says Sonderstrom, uh, Greenland. Yeah. He goes, So we'll be touching down there in about thirty five minutes. And so that's like you just know 
You're like, I have to think about this for 35 minutes now. That's like pretty. Uh, that's a pretty long time to to consider your fate. So what did you do? Like, because you're thinking like this is fucked, right? Like you well, know, this is so. I was traveling with a friend. He's on the opposite side of the plane. We weren't sitting together. Yeah. And so I saw he had headphones on. He was like, could I? He didn't even know, right? Like, so he didn't Well, even... that's what I'm saying. Why don't they have better <laughs> microphones? They don't have a system for this. There should be like, there should be like, uh, like flags that drop down. They're like, hey, important announcement. I think, you, I think your seat should vibrate. Yeah. Well, they, they should vibrate your seat because that will wake you. That'll like wake people up. That'll like let you know to pay attention. Like, it's pretty, pretty important. But so like, I, I don't, I don't know if you've ever been on a 767, but there's like two seats, three seats, two seats. Yeah, those are big planes. I've been on those. So he's on the exact opposite. Yeah. So the only way you can get to the opposite seats is either through the seats, which yeah. is impossible. There's people, or you have to go to like to one of the flight attendant areas and then walk back. So I went over to him. I was like, I was like, hey, did you hear that? And he goes, yeah. And like he just kind of nodded, which is more like he didn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. No, no one knows what's going on, but he he did hear them. I see. Okay. And so I and I had to go back, which is ridiculous because. <laughs> there's two things that they said they're like so if you have to use the washroom now is the time they said this on the wow and we're, we'll be coming through the cabin to clear up any bills <laughs> well so even in the <laughs> event of like you know uncertain moments they still want to clear like, up their tabs like we uh we are pretty sure there's about a hundred dollars in tabs we need to clear up here so yeah, they, they said the amount <laughs> no no i just specifically aisle 32 you're getting yeah. pretty rambunctious <laughs> Like just in case anything happens, we'd really like these charges to be confirmed on your visa. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Okay, but seriously though, so you go you go confirm with your yeah, other passenger. Yeah, and, and I run back, and so I'm sitting in the chair, and then uh, there's this really nice lady sitting next to me. Uh, English is obviously not her first language, right? But, but she 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 does speak English, and this is about ten or fifteen minutes after the announcement. And I, like, I'm very panicked. I'm looking out the like window. you're panicked as fuck, right? Like, what's your out of out of ten right now? Ten being like hysterical. What is your panic level at this point? Well, Honestly, I just, I just keep telling myself, is it like, like a seven? Well, I just I'll explain it because the I keep telling myself, well, the captain said it's not an emergency. You just I, like I just repeat that in my head a bunch. I'm like, it's not an emergency. But then there's like this little fight in your head where like like of course he's not going to say it's an emergency. They're told not. Why would they? Why would they tell you this is an emergency? Like. Do they want 300 people in the back of the plane having to panic? No. Yeah. Like they want you to make peace with your deity. Right? So like, I would say yeah. I was a solid six, six and a half. That's out a pretty of fucking scared situation. Like, like I, I don't know. That's fucked. For me, I'd probably be about a nine. Like that's fucked for me. Like, okay, so here's the thing. Because we were kind of talking about this earlier, right? Like you just gave me rough details. But like at this point now, though, you're like seriously contemplating your uh, situation, well, right? So like what... You, were you like you said you like made a video right well no before that though i'm I'm looking out the window and i'm kind of like just like what i'm trying to think what is like what is the result of this what like what what is my situation right now and the lady that's sitting next to me nice lady says when are we going to be in toronto so she's totally oblivious she has no idea she did not hear the announcement so this lady beside you has no idea what's and happening so i'm a right? little jealous and i'll tell you why because the 35 minute thing yeah, she just cut tw- like fifteen minutes off that thirty-five minute That's worry. Right. She has no, there's no worry at all for her. Like, I just kind of wish that when this happened, that they waited to like five minutes before landing. <laughs> well, anyway, okay, yo, so what happens? So, like, what happens next? Uh, like, I kind of went through like the this five stages. I was like, <laughs> of death. Of like, uh, what is it? Like, uh, I bartered and like you deny and then you deny barter. And yeah, accept. Accept. I eventually came to acceptance. I was like. It's like, well, if this if this plane crashes, like you know the risk when you go flying, right? Yeah. You have to understand the risk. You're like, so I could travel by boat and it would take me 
eight days to get to this destination. Right. But it's a lot faster to fly in a plane that goes 500 miles per hour. It's a pretty understandable risk, though. Like I, I can see what you're saying. Like it's really inconvenient to travel any other way. So I'm going to risk my life to travel this right. way. Right. Yeah. And so you uh, you hop in a plane, you go, and so you kind of understand there's an inherent risk. <laughs> Jeez, a lot of stuff happening. I don't know if people can. Can, do we, that, can we explain this? No, nah, it's okay. Go ahead. Yes, good. We're it's an away game. We're just dealing with it. Well, like my my dog. My dog knows how to ring a bell to go outside. Yeah. And so she's just aggressively trying to get the bell. Yeah. Uh, okay, Luce, come here. Um, so anyways, we're, I'm, I'm going through the stages and I'm accepting. I'm like, okay, so I made the choice to do this. I made the choice to fly. And so I was like, well, it's like, I don't know if the plane's going to crash. I don't know what the deal is. They just said equipment malfunction. They don't explain anything else. Like, So does that mean that there's an engine not working or does that mean that they don't have a piece of equipment in the cockpit working i don't know right right yeah and so I'm like well maybe maybe this is going to be something that gets worse and then we do crash and so uh i i'm like okay well if we do crash i want to have like a, like if they find my phone i want them to be able to play a video so you made a video so you're okay just to be clear you're at this stage now where you're like you're like we're going down I don't know what the fuck's happening. I'm going to make a video. So you made a video, like a testimonial? Yeah, and, and actually, you're the only one I told about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can you play it? No, I deleted it because I, I rewatched it after I, like, I, I waited two days. And I was so, because I was sending videos of... Hold on, though. Wait, no. Don't get off that. You, you What do you mean? You can't, you, you got rid of it? Well, yeah, because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this, but you, you just say some very... Uh, I don't know. Like I was like, I was like, okay, dude. So I would have a hundred percent saved that video. You deleted that video. Let me just say this, okay? So like, I I am of the mindset of like, basically, there's only a few situations where I would think that this would be ever happening to me. But if I had like, I don't know, um, say, like a near death video where I'm like. If anyone finds this video, this is Jordan McDonald, and uh, I've had some harrowing experiences in my life, but please get this to my family located, blah, 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 blah. Like, I would keep that just for posterity. Like, I don't know. We're doing this show for almost the same reason, right? You want to look back on it well, at no, some point. Well, no, because it was a... I, and it, the thing is, I don't think anyone around, around me was taking it seriously. There were some people behind me that were joking about it, like, huh, I wonder if we'll die. Like... <laughs> Like, that's fucked like there was some pretty callous people and then there's like some people laughing a couple of rows over like like this is crazy like, what if the plane goes down like yeah. really casually talking about the fact that yeah. they might die and i was not there yet i was like accepting it but i was like, but what happened though so like so the plane starts to descend <laughs> you're, you're going to land then did you land safely so we're like descending and then we go through and like the biggest concern for me and it was just because i know a little bit was that we're coming through these clouds and I know like they have instruments and they have GPS and they have to do all these things. But I've read so many stories about instrument landings where maybe there's an instrument malfunction and then they fly right into a mountain. Yeah. And so we're flying down and there's mountain peaks through the clouds. So you're like seeing this because like that's a blind landing basically, right? Like they, they don't well, have it's, it's an instrument landing. Yeah. So they instrument landing. So there there's like visual flight and then there's instrument flight. I'm not a pilot. I just know these things. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. And so <laughs> and they, they're coming down and then, so you can see the clouds, you see the mountains through the clouds. Yeah. And I'm like, they've never landed here before. No one lands here. It's, 
it's the middle of nowhere. They don't know this area. Yeah. And so you're just trusting your instruments as you descend through the cloud that you're not going to ram into a mountain. Right. And so I have this vision of the metal of the plane coming towards my face very fast. Like crumpling. Crumpling. And it just like, it made me sick. That's pretty crazy, dude. That's pretty crazy. So surely at this point, you're like, kind of just, you must be thinking like, okay, like this is it. Like we're either going to like fly into these mountains, the the plane's going to crash in, into me. Like that's pretty, like that's pretty intense, man. Like the psychological changes that are happening to you because your body is like dumping all your adrenaline. Like you're like in this crazy situation where you, did you feel like you're dealing with it pretty well? Like as a man, like did you feel like you yeah, did okay? I, well, I, cause I wasn't like. Because I imagine there's like two different ways you could react. You could be like bawling your face off like this is it. Yeah. Or you could be like. Making videos and acting like everything's okay. Because <laughs> that was what you were doing. I don't know if like <laughs> I've thought about if I was in this situation. I like, like, Yeah, I guess so. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm making fun of you just for whatever right now. But like reality is like, man, I'd be fucking. I'd probably be. I'd be crying in that situation, dude. Because like. I can't swim. Dying in the Atlantic, in the cold Atlantic, is like some Leonardo DiCaprio shit. Like, I, I'm not really into, like, you know, death. <laughs> Especially lately. Like, things are going pretty rad. I don't want to fucking, you know, miss yeah. out. Like, I was a, well, and that, and that was part of it. I was, I was thinking of, I was like... Do they take do they take care of you, though? Like, So we came through the clouds, and it was a beautiful scene. Much like flying into somewhere in BC. Like, there would be... It's like a beautiful blue green river lake wow. right there. Uh, and like it was just it was amazing because you come through the clouds and was it nighttime or daytime? It was like afternoon, like four afternoon. o'clock. In the okay, so you could see everything, right? So you could see everything and it's like beautiful mountainous scene and and the, like I said, the river below, and then they do like this turn to, to where they go to uh to land. Mm-hmm. And I saw the runway. I was like so I, I got a little bit of peace. I was like, okay, so there is a runway. Yeah. Cause you don't, you never know if they're like. Actually, we're just gonna land in a field that we were told about. Like, <laughs> yeah, one of those like, fields you were just mentioning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was like a little comforting that there's a field or a, a la- uh, like a landing strip that we could land on. And I, I was a little concerned that it was not long enough. Yeah, it did not look like a big landing strip, but it turned out to be. Um, I, I was the only one in the plane that was bracing for impact. Because <laughs> you were like, you thinking this is gonna be like a serious impact. Well, I guess I just aware, maybe like there's a like li- what kind of airport is this? Like you said, it's a short runway, but like well, no, it's actually it, it turned out to be a long runway. It's just it's really deceiving from the air. Okay, but it's a former U.S. military base, Sandstrom. So it's you're like you you basically got diverted to like the nearest place that could support the size of this plane because that's yeah, a huge plane. They were told they could go to this place in Greenland or the Baffin Islands. <laughs> Fuck that! That's a long way to go, right? So. So ba- Baffin Islands would have probably been another hour in the air. Yeah. Um, so this particular moment, as you're landing, it, it was it pretty bumpy or was it like smooth? One of the, one of the smoothest landings of my life ever. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But I think after that all that, that's <laughs> well, I think I think it was on purpose though, right? Dude, I'm pretty impressed that that's what happened because like that that obviously like. It's weird, like nothing really happened if you think about it, but the like, experience of it is like so changing, right? Like it'll change. It's the so way you weird feel. actually talking about it because it's it's really a non-story. 
it's kind of like it's not like you like the plane blew up and you had to you know jump down the parachute or like or, or something like that. you didn't have to like hit the the slide thing they connect to the that's right like we walked off on stairs yeah like <laughs> it was very casual right but and the, so as soon as the wheels touch gra- down it, it's yeah. like okay i'm, I'm okay yeah and, but the adrenaline of the whole situation probably didn't go away for a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, because I just got this message from like our family chat where he, he was just like, dad wrote like, Jordan's plane got diverted to Greenland. Sounds like he's okay. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of reception. Okay, bye. That was it. So I was, I was like, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. Well, like, in all, all respect to our father, but like, I, I was trying to call a lot of people as I landed to explain my situation. Right. And so I, like, you'll understand this. So I said, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, we got diverted to Greenland. Uh, we're like, we had problems with the plane. He goes, okay, I'll call Sam. That's my girlfriend, Sam. And he says, I'll call Sam and let her know you'll be a couple hours late. I was like, no. Yeah, no, don't no, do like, that. No, no, no. I was like, you don't really understand. It's not a couple hours late yeah. at this point. <laughs> like, first of all, yeah, we're not a couple hours late. The plane had to like emergency land in another country. Yeah, like, Whoops. we are... <laughs> If you went 500 miles from the middle of nowhere, you might be getting close to where we are. Like yeah, exactly. We are out there. Well, that's good. Did they take care of you when you landed, though? Because that's what we're coming to right now is why we could afford the scotch. Is like so. Like the, the, I heard they uh, they gave you like free liquor, right? Like free. Okay, so we sit we sit down and we're in an airport and they gave like so basically they there's a cafeteria in the airport yeah. and they opened it up so that we could just eat whatever we want drink whatever we want they had all kinds of beer they take they took care of us and so on reflection it went so well for the company because they provided us with wi-fi okay beer yeah and food that's all you really needed really if if you're trying to stop people from complaining if you provide them with those three basic things and washrooms right you're really not going to get many complaints. That's right. Because especially from a North American culture, that's like all the things you need to make things happen. I mean, the Wi-Fi was not great and people did not understand that, hey man, we're in the middle of nowhere and maybe if 300 people are trying to FaceTime their family, the Wi-Fi is going to not <laughs> like that. I but, can see that. But, but other than that, everything worked. I was able to, you know, we... This is the most important part though. This is why we told the whole story. Oh, okay. It's basically in the... From what I understand, right? In the European Union. So in the European Union, if your flight is delayed more than four hours, this is really important to know, you are entitled to 600 euros of comp- compensation. 600 euros, which in Canadian is... It's like $864. God damn. So you kind of made money on this yeah, trip. Yeah, because we only paid $600 <laughs> for our flight. So to fly to Europe and back... You know, I was thinking about it though, like... Like, uh, like your flight might have cost six hundred, and you might have made eight hundred and sixty-four. But like, for that extra like two hundred bucks and change, you know, it probably cost you like thirty years of life because you were so scared. Like, he's probably shocked thirty years away from your lifespan. No, I thought about it though. (laughs) I'd I'd fly on those planes again with that company, and I would do it again in a second. There you go. They bought your loyalty, didn't they? They they took care of you. That's pretty cool. They're they're actually really good. Um, yeah, I would definitely fly again. Um. Let me ask you this. Uh, I've never really done this away game thing. Actually, you know, one time I went to Curtis Monumental's place and we did a studio session there mm-hmm. and I did a podcast. That was the only other time I've ever done this away from either the, the old location at Ample Records or the new location now at Float House. But um, let me ask you about North Shore. So uh, little known 
fact maybe some people know but some people don't uh is that uh i brokered your music into a film yeah last year last year we don't talk about it yeah we, we haven't talked about it but we should talk about it right now so i'll just say this listeners there's a a strong element in the industry um that rears its head in negotiation and it's called negotiation it's called leverage okay in negotiation and leverage uh for a lot of people is like you know you know some someone wants something someone needs something and you can provide it that's your leverage well in this case the leverage came from the fact that like there's so many people that want their music in films that there's an industry standard and a rate that is expected but you can also negotiate outside of that if you want and try and get yourself a, a more favorable deal but in, in some respects, you give up the rights to do things like, uh, you know, have like final say on, say, the title of the film. Because like you're just like a placed piece of music. You're not like any part of the director or anything like that. Right. So here I am. I've been approached to uh, broker some music into right. this film for placements. And of course, you know, I recommend a lot of the music we, we like recommend my uh, our other brother's band, G-Tone, recommends uh, Spree Killers, Skeeter and the Deets, that kind of stuff. But uh, I recommend songs from uh, North Shore. Which ones did we get placed again from that? Because I did a bunch of stuff for a couple artists, so I don't remember. So we, some we, of had a, we had the song Happy and Double Happy Header. Happy and Double Header, right? Yeah. So they, they call back excitedly after I sent the music over, and they're like, hey, we really want this music. Uh, uh, it's for this uh, picture, this, this feature film we're putting together called... Uh, Forced, forced exposure, uh, yeah. or just exposure, something exposure? like that. Yeah, it was exposure first, right? I remember. So they, so they're like, yeah, it's exposure. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be this, uh, you know, this this crazy film that's gonna be really good. And we're like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, sure, let's work it out. So we did the contracts. Took like about a couple, like a week or something like that. Got the contracts through. Once everything went through, we were all excited about it. Uh, then they hit us up again. They're like, hey, we we want another song. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like a killer setup for you guys. Hell, yeah, dude. So I was like, what's going on? And I think by this time, they were like, actually, it's called Forced Exposure. And we are like, oh, that's that, okay, cool. I mean, like, I'm sure that was call, just... A, call that, it whatever you want. It. That's right. That was just a working title. Cut the check, right? Let's do this. So then... Uh, well, because, I mean, as an indie band, we're not really in the position to say no to anyone giving us money. Right. But at the same time, it's like there's a respect. Well, like, you have to be able to... like, like. Music is worth a lot more than like like I always tell people next time you're playing a video game or next time you go to the movies, just try and imagine that same experience without music. Go ahead because it, it takes about half of the experience away. It's an incredible part of, of the journey. It really really affects everything about and, it. And like more more to that point, as a independent band, as an independent band, yeah, as a songwriter, uh we've always been very uh we're, we're self-funded and we always pay for things up front and we pay for every service we ever have so if someone does artwork for us we pay them like we're we're not one of those bands that's like hey if you do this do for, for us free, yeah. we'll do this for you yeah. we, we always pay which is really important and that's just our family's way of doing things the whole time so all of our all of our brothers do that so of. when we get an opportunity to have income it's like from our music. Hell yeah. It's because it puts us in a position <laughs> where we can leverage that to do other things. Like maybe we can go record new music if we have yeah. this income. So it's really, so, and so we're not really critical about whatever, like it, the titles of things don't matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter at this point, but it was just interesting to note that the first song it's called uh, exposure. And then the second contract comes in, it's called force exposure. So now most of the time in the industry, some people don't know this, but it's very common in 
the film industry, film and TV placements, to have like uh, like an eight to ten week gap for for lump sum pay- for payments like that for the upfront payments, and then your back end comes about a year later. That's just how it works. It's about four quarters behind usually. So depending on your performing rights organization, that's how this generally works. So you're waiting for your royalties, but at the same time you get this upfront payment. Well, while we're waiting on this upfront payment, uh, about the last day or so that we're expecting this check to come in. Uh, I get a, I get a I get a call and says, uh, "Hey, listen, uh, we just sent a, a draft of the check to you, me, Jamie, and it's uh, it's like we we just need you to confirm details with uh, your client." And at this point, it's my brother, so I was like, "Absolutely, no problem." So they sent me the check, and then I I read the title and I said, "Because uh, uh, it says the title of the film on the top left corner of the check, you know, that's right. a draft of a check." So I I I literally read the. I read it and I like relooked it over a couple of times and I was like, oh, this can't be right. Because previously to this, a week later, they had sent me a contract for a, a song, like some publishing that I had nothing to do with. It was another broker that did it. So I was like, oh, you guys crossed wires again, sent me the wrong thing, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah. nope, this is it. And so I called Jordan and I'm like, hey, uh, listen, I got I to gotta get you to approve the address for this check, but I'm going to send you the draft right now just so you know, yup, it's a real check. Go ahead. Good luck Good luck cashing this check. Jordan, what was the name of the final title of the film? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Just what was the name of the final title of the film? I believe it was Re- Revenge Porn. Revenge Porn. So we went from like exposure, forced exposure, revenge porn. Now, this is what I was told by the, the publisher. They told me that Sorry. the... Uh, international release of of the film because it was picked up in several countries um for distribution the film the international title is revenge porn but i think they said the domestic title here in 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 the united states and in canada i think they said it was going to be uh uh my daughter my daughter's shame yeah my daughter's shame (laughs) like like, that's pretty so like that's pretty significant so So, hold on well i just i want to pause this here I don't know if we talked about this, but when we eventually got that check and it said revenge porn on it, there was a lot of internal discussions in North Shore as to whether or not this was just some kind of porno that needed some music. happy. I was like, just bang outs. <laughs> we were we were really concerned that North Shore's music was the background to like. I thought like maybe they're trying to modernize porn music. Yeah. Instead of, and I hear you. I just, I like, and, I, and I was like, I was intrigued. I was like, I can't wait to. Because uh, that's the way I feel when I'm home. <laughs> so like just to like a bang out, like some doggy style or something. Well, like I thought maybe like they they would have like the porn actors that were like maybe it was a band. Yeah, because like, I don't. I try to think the context. Because yeah, that was one thing I was negotiating. I said uh, the artist has requested that this not be portrayed in a negative scene because, like, sometimes you got to imagine in the context of a film. Sometimes the director will will have a scene in the film where, like, uh, like this song sucks. Yeah, like the it'll be like two roommates listening to music and be like, turn that shit off or something, right? It's like, like, thank you. Right, like just <laughs> for an example, like that that kind of thing happens. But, so, but someone had to get paid for that though. Like that's someone's placement, right? But if there's any uh, producers of movies listening we're actually willing to take that yeah, money. we'll still take any work <laughs> heads up just saying like you know maybe maybe sort out your album your your film titles first that's all but i thought it was pretty funny but anyway the thing about um that i found the funniest about this though is just like like how just drastically that changed so quick it was like or, or when i took the check yeah. to the bank and 
Oh yeah, because you had to take the, the actual. Memo. Because it said <laughs> it had the production company as the whatever. And yeah, don't the, say it. Oh, yeah, don't say it. And yeah. then the memo says, uh, "Revenge porn." So to me, it's like I'm getting paid for this. Uh, or we're, we're getting we are getting paid for this uh, movie. Our music right. our, our, And yeah. the bank is like. You're getting paid for revenge porn? Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> muffed, right? Especially yeah. in a small town. Like, that's pretty hard to, <laughs> get yeah. whatever, to explain whatever. that. So. Whatever, it's over. Yeah, it's funny, though. When the first title came in, Exposure, I think the rumblings I had heard, and I don't know if I just, like, made this up or what, but I was like, oh, I thought it was like a like a like a stranded on a, on a mountain movie, like Exposure. And oh, then yeah. when it was forced Exposure, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's about the cold I thought I thought I thought maybe it was a Mount Everest movie, and I got very excited. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be Cliffhanger Two or something yeah. like that." Yeah, and that's what happens a lot of times. These working titles that happen in the industry, like it's not just uh, film, just not not just TV. It's like uh, music too. Like also has a lot of these working titles. We, right? We, yeah, we we end up with some pretty silly song titles until the like probably the couple days before we're finalizing our track lists. Yeah, definitely. It's just it's standard, right? Because you don't know what you want to call something until it's. And and of course, like you get other people's input, and they're like, "Why don't you call it this?" And then you're like, "I didn't even think of that, but that's a great name." That's so, a great fucking name, yeah. Which is probably what happened. They were like, "Yeah, you know, exposure's good, but if you're going through the guide on the TV, you're not going to click on exposure. You are going to click on if it says revenge porn. You are going to click on if it says my daughter's shame." <laughs> that, that, dude, that's like some 11 p.m. Like you know, Showtime, yeah, no, HBO. Well, I don't want to say the actual stations it's on in case. Yeah. Well, people can look it up, but like, it, Anyways, it's all clean, wholesome family fun, ladies and gentlemen. I I haven't even seen it, but I I you haven't seen it yet. I saw the scene that they have our song, and we were like, right, yeah, it's like a party cool. or a dance or something, right? Yeah, you're like the band. <laughs> you're like the band they're playing. No, they. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's like it's like she, they're like, listening to music, so, yeah, and we're the music, yeah, whatever we're. It's a pretty cool moment, like we're in a movie. Yeah. Well, I I had some songs placed uh, with Maca, uh, a bunch of a bunch of songs I produced with Maca got placed in a, a television show, and uh, I actually had like this weird experience where they, uh, it's like first of all the stuff, all the stuff I produced for Maca is like this really bass, deep, heavy, hard grime rap, right? So it's like. They had this like the cool kids scene in this one television show, and uh, the name of the show is called Ties That Bind. It had like Luke oh, yeah. Perry in it. It had a uh, uh, Jason Priestley. Is like it, it was like a nine hundred two one one zero. Oh, of it's thing. not a Tyler Perry show. Not a Tyler Perry. Fuck Tyler Perry. I'd never do fucking shit for that guy. That guy's one of the worst I, hack. I would like to go on the record and say North Shore would. North Shore definitely we, uh, a, a Tyler Perry film. We're actually pretty much open to anything at this point. Actually, if there's any porn directors, we're actually yeah. open to that too. Just, just to let you know, we have experience now. Uh, we, yeah, we, that's hilarious because you put that in your your discography, your filmography. You'd be like, we've Are done we, revenge porn. I don't I haven't looked, but like I guess I guess we could be on IMDb now because we. Are you not already? I've been on there for a while. I, I've had just, video game placements not, for a while. Google. Like, you, I don't, uh, well, I mean, it's, wait, it's whatever. I didn't finish man. that sentence. That sounded like I never Google. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't Google. No, I didn't. I've never Googled to see that kind of thing. Oh uh, yeah. You, you, do you know anyone that like Google's themselves all the time? Like I know people who have Google alerts set up for for their them name. their own name. That would never work with my name, is because as you know, there's a million Jordan McDonalds. There's like a female MMA fighter with Fem- your exact spelling and there's everything. There's a female MMA fighter. Yeah. There's a professional session drummer from australia there there's a lot of people who are 
I like if you were doing a world rankings of Jordan McDonald's, I <laughs> might end up at eleventh, <laughs> maybe twelfth. I've never thought about like how you rank with your own name. That's for, actually that's pretty funny. Like you know well, what? I, you I'm aware of uh, you have a pretty unique spelling of Jamie. So I'm just saying, like, yeah, I'm not saying you're yeah. not a great person, but I'm just saying you haven't you haven't one up on me because Jordan's such a common name. I will say that in the past, when I have searched my own name, I'm talking like years ago, that uh, I was the only dude. Like, I have a pretty unisex name. I didn't right? want to say it, but why? It's not a big deal. It's I like, knew it. You have a fucking unisex name. I just brought up a female that literally has an accolade in combat sports. She actually does more man stuff than you, kind of. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what I've noticed. There's the, like the newest generation, there's a lot more females named Jordan. Like yeah. They're, like they're naming a lot of girls Jordan now. Yeah. Where Jamie too though. Like Jamie's like actually I've always found it weird like in Game of Thrones how it's like it's Jamie like Lannister. it's like Tyrion and Cersei and Jamie. Like Jamie's supposed to be a big fantasy name. Like that I think that's pretty fucking strange. I, I like that they did that. Is yeah. there any is there any other name in that show that's like just a normal name? I don't know. But that'd be like if I had a brother named Tyrion. Like that's kind of weird. <laughs> isn't there Mike? It's no Mike. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Mike of Michaelville. Yeah, there's no uh there's none of that. Uh, this is the first show I've done without Savedra in a while. Oh, he was sick a couple weeks yeah, you ago. Know what? I was gonna do my impression of you be like and of course, I have my co-host Michael Sevedera. I know it's Savedra. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always do that. I'm like, I'm like, and I'm here with uh, Mike. C-Mart. I'm here with Michael Sevedera. Actually, it's Savedra. Yeah, I I know you're hilarious. Yeah, see, I listen. Yeah, I'm here with Jordan McDonald. Actually, called Jordan. <laughs> okay, so like, look, uh, I was gonna ask you, uh, how are we doing for time here? Can you can you see this? What is this? Well, I was trying to figure. Uh, like, obviously, I don't know. This is an away game. This is an away game. But uh, we have fourteen eighty nine bars. That's crazy. Okay, let's do. Let's let's do. I was actually, actually going to do the math. It's out one hundred twenty views per minute. I, I was going to figure it out, but oh, I, it doesn't matter. I was going to say more like uh, let's just have like uh, you, you'll tell another quick little story here, and then we'll wrap up maybe or something like that. Because I think according to my watch, I think we're 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 probably right. getting close. yeah we're probably getting pretty close here. Um, I'll say this though, uh, I want to talk hockey real quick with you. Just because sure. we we love the Habs, obviously. We always like our family's big Habs fans. Uh, this won't be total Habs conversation because a lot of people will probably tune out. But I will say this. Um, hockey this year, I'm feeling pretty good about the Habs winning the Cup. They're my pick. I, they're always my pick, but this year they'd be my pick even if I wasn't a Habs fan. Like, How could you go against Carey Price right now? He's fucking unstoppable, I, dude. I, I, want, I want to say what you're saying. But I just I just speak up. I don't think people can hear you. Well, I just I want to say, hey, yeah, they're gonna win the cup. But I just don't think that's a very like safe thing to say. I want to say that they're gonna be a good team this year, and that if they win the cup, that'll be really great. That's pussy. You gotta fucking stand behind your prediction. I'd be like, we're gonna win, hundred percent, no doubt. I mean, good teams make the playoffs <laughs> every year and don't win the cup. That's true. That's the only reason Pittsburgh won the cup last year, in my opinion. The fact that Carey Price was hurt. That's the only reason they won the cup. That's that's the reason. That's the reason. That's a hundred percent the reason. We basically almost have the same team. The core is the exact same, with the exception of Subban on Montreal, and now they're crushing because they have Price. That's how it works, right? You're not going to win a cup with Michael Condon. Get out of here. I you know I like Condon. I I I think that he actually has a future. I just don't think that it's a really good thing to be the backup goalie 
for 10 games and then all of a sudden be the starter for the rest of the season. I just don't think that ever. Yeah, like he, he was definitely not starter material. But, I mean, whatever. It's kind of thing. I'd like to know who you think is going to have more points. Do you think Patrick Laine from Winnipeg, the number two overall pick, is going to have the most points this year? Or do you think that the number one overall pick for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews, will have the most points? Can I provide a third option? No. Well, why? There's a, do you think there's a third? Well, I just... I, I I'm talking about rookies, right? Well, is could you is McDavid still a rookie or no? After one season, I one? believe he played forty eight games last year. Okay, so he's, so no, because I do think McDavid's going to do better than both of them. But if we were going <laughs> to, I think that fucking like Crosby and those guys are going to do better than them. I, that does, that's not what we're asking. Well, I know. I just I'm I asking wanna, between I those make that two clear because what who do, who between Patrick Laine and uh, Austin Matthews do you think is going? I think to Matthews that? is a safe pick. I mean, how he broke a record. I'm going to go. Uh, total left wing here i'm gonna just say like uh i think patrick liney has has this uh this it factor that i just think is incredible i think austin matthews is obviously like an amazing generational player but but man patrick has like he he's got some magic to him that i think winnipeg could do really well this year if they could sort out their goddamn goaltending if michael hutchinson can play like they think that he can play they can do pretty well this year. I'm pretty totally. pretty excited about that. Yeah, uh, I think I think Canadian hockey, the Canadian hockey teams this year will be a lot better than last yeah, year. Yeah, well, could could well, be worse than last up. year. Yeah, yeah. Could, could be worse than last year. No, no teams <laughs> make the playoffs. So I don't know. I feel that's pretty good. I got one more question for you, uh, sure. and this is like is a pr- it North Shore related. It's a prediction question. Oh, okay. Uh, hockey related. Okay. Uh, do you feel that uh, Michelle Therrien, head coach of Montreal? will still be the head coach by the trade deadline. Is he still the head coach right now or is he the co-coach? He's the co-associate coach or whatever. He's, he's the do you, do you He's think the he, co to the head coach. Okay, let me change the question. Do you think he'll still be employed by the Montreal organization by the trade deadline? I think as long as the Montreal Canadiens have a winning record by the trade deadline. Do you I mean, think he'll be gone? He's a short leash. If think? they're above 500 at the trade deadline, he'll still have a job. I'm going to go ahead and diverge from that opinion as well. I'm going to say that I don't think a winning record will even save him. I think you don't have to have a, a above 500 record. I think you'd have to have like an amazing like like if they're like 40 and 6 or something like that. I I think that like okay, you're safe. But like if it's if it's even medium, they're going to hand the reins to Kirk Muller, co-coach big time. I think that's I interesting they did that I too. Think, I think the only re- I don't think the only way they get rid of him is if they have a losing record. They're below 500, he's he doesn't have a job. That's an interesting time, hockey. Because because you can you can get in the playoffs with just above five hundred. Yeah, you usually get destroyed, but uh, you know it does happen. Kings, eighth seed, won the cup. What two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, two thousand twelve. But uh, the you times don't always get destroyed as the eighth seed. The I'm times just, are changing. Yeah, no, they did really well. That was one of the greatest cup runs of all time. Local uh, Michael Richards on the. That's right. Haven't ran into him yet, probably because he's uh, working hard. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot of weird stuff happening in Kenora lately. We won't get into it, but like the uh, like the Bachelorette in Canada is from Kenora now. And yeah. actually, Liz, uh, my lady there, my lady, my fiance, lady she had tickets to uh, one of the tapings this week. But then we decided to hammer time to Kenora. So uh, sorry about that. I think her employees will benefit. I think she gave the tickets away. So yeah. Like- uh, that that was pretty interesting when they announced that that person from uh, what's her name? I don't is Jasmine Jasmine Jasmine, Jasmine yeah. Lorimer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't, I 
fringe knower, if if that. So like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So, I mean, whatever. I I I think it's so great when things like that happen. I mean, we've we've had some very cool things happen to people from Kenora, and you just have to support people because that's that's great. You're you're putting the the town yeah. on the map, and artistically, it's I can cool, I can man. tell you as a, a musician who plays in a band and, and go and plays across Canada whenever I can that it's pretty difficult to explain to people, especially people even in our own province, even just a few hours away, like Sudbury or Sault Ste. Marie, where Kenora is. Uh, and when you have people in Barrio, Ontario, who are like, you're like, hey, I'm from Northwestern Ontario. And they're like, yeah, I'm from Northern Ontario too. And like, no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you live yeah, in no, Barrie, I, Ontario. I know what you mean. You're an hour north of Toronto. And um, Well, I'm enjoying my time here right now. I feel like uh, I appreciate you setting up this like away game for us to like uh watch a bit of hockey and just sip some scotch and well, uh, catch up there's a there's a bit of a side effect to this because i i haven't really had my recording rig up in a while because uh i hadn't been doing anything like that but uh we've been writing well because you guys have had heavy rotation on the radio you haven't really had to write a new record because it's still working out for you <laughs> like i mean you know what i mean like it's right but, but uh, the album had legs so yeah yeah so but this is this is really good because now i'm set up to yeah to do now you're set up well that's good i'm glad i could help you with that catalyst yeah. son the catalyst, that. catalyst. We're, actually, we're 11 songs written for our new wow setup. that's cool you guys are going to studio then soon we're actually this is this is a first we are aiming to write 30 songs for the next record wow and then and then and trim down trim down which is we've i've always talked about doing that yeah but then you get to a certain point where you're like Maybe you get to 15 and you're like, I like these 10. Yeah. But I just, I really want to hit the goal of. Well, it's ambitious, man. I always feel like there's, there's never been anything wrong with encouraging ambition. I think if if you have an ambitious goal of like 30 songs, 40 songs, whatever the fuck, like some people never write a song in their life. But when you're like, I'm going to write 30 songs and then only the best of like, you know, a certain number of these I'm going to keep, you know, that's really impressive. That's a really respectful piece of, of art. Well, right. And, and it's uh, I found a new process lately to get the uh, creative process uh, going. I actually figured out a way to to write a lot, uh, like a higher output. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in the past, I'd write a record and it would be probably write in over eight months. I'd probably write twelve songs. Okay. Whereas these eleven songs that have come together so far have come together in a month and a half. Which is really high. Wow, output. that's like a high output yeah. writing session. Yeah, but it's uh, it's uh, you ever if you if you've ever dealt with writing writer's block, one of my uh, recommendations is that you have to get the junk out of the way. Yeah, you basically write the bad stuff first, and then get yeah. to the good stuff. So part part of writer's block <clears> is that you write things, and then you're you're criticizing yourself as you're writing them, and you're like, okay, well, this yeah. is no good. And then you're like, why do I do this anymore? I'm the worst. And you just get down this, ra- <laughs> you go down the rabbit hole of like, I don't know why I play music. Yeah. And, but what I found is that if you just let go of the criticism and you're like, I'm just going to write and write and write and write and write. And then you get to a point where maybe you got like this, a couple junkers that you just throw away. But then now you start getting into the quality stuff and it's just really important. And then there's another thing is uh, if you're like walking around and like, you're like uh, maybe you think of something clever, you have to write it down. Then. right away because like I'll, I'll pull over my vehicle inspiration is fleeting because like when you're younger if you get inspired by something it oftentimes you'd be like oh i'll remember it later and you, and you and then you're like oh it doesn't matter I get inspired all the time and then the older you get you're like man that is so few and far between sometimes like you have to fucking jump on it when you think about it that's the that's the one thing i've learned is like ambition 
and inspiration is a finite resource. It's very finite. It's not this abundant, infinite thing that everyone has. Some people, yes, have more than others. But if you can recognize that your ambition and that your talent for inspiration, like your, your inspiration turned into talent is an absolute scarce yeah. commodity. Like it's very, it's very finite. You need to be You're able to it develop out. it. Right. You're always like concerned about it. And, and but, like, but like a side effect of this process is that you actually learn that even though you're treating it as a finite resource, the m- it's, it's just like any other skill. And the more you work at it, the easier it is to tap into that resource. Yeah. So the, the more that, so the, that, and this is just like practice for me. Yeah. Yeah. So like the more that I've gone through and like wrote these things down as they come to me, the more it, it's just, it's easier to put these things together. That's why I love you, man. You're a very, very talented dude. You're Thank a super, you. super talented guy, man. I've always like, I've always respected so much of what you do because you have, I mean, like, like you, you've been doing it for so long. Like, like we were putting you on stages when you were like 12 and like mm-hmm. 13 and, and, uh, you, you know, I mean, you've toured all over Canada several times. You've, you're like, uh, you know, you get major radio play, like, like heavy radio rotation. You're a great songwriter. You've had stuff in films and TV, like saying it all out loud. It's very impressive. And, it, and it's something like, I, I'm very proud to just even have like a, like a, a niche connection to it like I'm, I'm i'm very very happy for you and and the people you work with and all the members of the crew in, in north shore they're all good guys and um i just want to say one more thing here uh if you guys want to follow jordan uh you can do so by going to uh twitter and instagram at jordan on tour i'm glad you just have that like queued up you, you know my that's good you know my handles that's yeah good. dude yeah i don't know everyone's handles actually we had someone reoccurring on the show recently and and i i started doing that telling them their handles and they were like what the fuck dude because like i don't know i just so i remember stuff like that easily but like uh just a little uh listener background for you jamie doesn't have notes in front of him ever ever I've never i've never the only time i've ever had a note was like i think the first time i did the uh float house ad <laughs> because I didn't really know anything other than my experience from it, so that, and then I, I just started say saying that, that. Your, yeah. your your ads that you do are, are really well put together. Hmm. It's not, they sound very natural. <laughs> it's it's like I literally <laughs> just make them up as I do them. But uh, you're like, hey, uh, hey, uh, Savedra, you ever try that float <laughs> thing? <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll tell Savedra, let's tag team this or something. But uh, he's always like, well, floathouse.ca. Like yeah. he always gives it that kind of little flair. But He's cool. He's got a broadcasting background too, right? So, no, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for saying all that, bro. I, of course, man. Anytime, man. Hey, oh, thanks very much for hosting uh, hosting us while we're here, and and, uh, and uh, you know what? I appreciate the fact that you gave me some of your very expensive eight hundred and sixty four dollar infused on. scotch. You did not spend <laughs> I know, the entire I, compensation I know. on scotch. I know you could just like half, but you could have. <laughs> yeah, half. Yeah, you could have. Anyway, okay, hey, bro, I thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast, please, you can do so by subscribing to us on iTunes. We're also available on Stitcher, on YouTube. Uh, we're also available on SoundCloud. I don't know how much now longer, but we definitely are available there in those locations. Uh, if you do follow us or watch us on YouTube, please uh, shoot us a subscribe. Uh, shoot us an email as well. You can go to intergalacticinterviews at gmail.com, or you can just follow the site directly at our main website, intergalacticinterviews.com. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, can't tell you how happy I am to share this with you guys every week. And, uh, man, this is a hell of an away game. I appreciate this. I about an air cheers because you're a little bit too far from here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, brother. Okay, we'll talk soon, yeah? Okay. All right, love you guys. Thank you. Bye.